Hello, and welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. This is my 25th episode of my first season. I did it. I'm very proud. The dogs are here, and my dogs are proud. You just can't tell because they're sleeping. One of them just gave me side eye. Yes, so 25 episodes, and this will be the wrap of the first season. for the month of February, I will be taking time to regroup, um, organize the guests that I'll be having, record episodes with those guests. I've got some really great guests coming up that you would love to hear from. It's also a good time to go back and listen to the podcast that I've done already. I've had Kathy Escobar, I've had Tamia Miller, Tamia Deary, I've had my husband, Todd Fatal, Zion Fatal, so many, so many amazing guests. And also me talking a lot about a lot of things. So if you like to listen to me, then feel free to go back and listen to those episodes. But it's just a good time to catch up. It's also a good time for me to decide what the future holds and also reach out to different people that I would really be excited to talk about. If you have people that you want me to talk to, please let me know either through this app, which is the Anchor app, or I think all of the all of the podcast platforms, you can possibly send me a note. But you know where to find me, angiefato.com. Also, at the end of the episode, I will be repeating those things that I will be doing in the future. So stay tuned for the highlights of what's coming in the next few months, because there is a lot of really amazing things coming in the future. What I want to talk about today is I want to talk a little bit more about loving kindness And then I have a couple other things that I want to leave you with, at least for the month of February, maybe for you to ruminate on or at least be paying attention to possibly in your own life. Um, But I talked last week about loving kindness that I would be doing, continuing to do those loving kindness meditations every morning. And I did want to specifically say who I get those meditations from because I think it's important to give props, and that is Sharon Salzberg. I really love her. I use the Insight Timer. I said that last week, too. Um, I use the free version. And there's quite a few free meditations by Sharon Salzberg. And one of the main reasons I like her 
is she is very no-nonsense. I, I really have an aversion to meditations that the person puts on a voice like this, and I just want you to go to that special place and be at one with the world. And they, they put on a f- fake voice, and it just it, it completely takes me out of the meditation practice. And I know there is some, like I was going back and listening to the meditation that I put on here last week, and yes, I could hear some of that in my own voice. I think there's a fine line between talking in a calming, quieter voice with sort of a rhythm and talking in an avo- in a voice that is not authentically your own. So Sharon Salzberg, I mean, I don't know her personally, but she just sounds like her own, it's her own voice. She's speaking in her own voice. She's using very accessible language. She's not using any like lofty talk. Um, and she also is very good about bringing you back. If you have, if your mind has wandered because you're a human being and the mind wanders, or if you, you know, get distracted at some point, you know, somebody interrupts you, something happens, she very gently brings you back. She just says, if you find that your mind has wandered, just bring yourself back to the words we're speaking and get right, basically get right back into the flow. And I like that because the thing that kept me from meditation for so long was I just, I thought it was for me, but I couldn't find anybody that spoke with language that was my language and also didn't make the mistakes part of the practice, which it definitely is. If you follow Pema Chandran, any of what I would say, the good meditation leaders, they are going to leave room for the mind wandering, for the distractions, because it's all part of it. It's all part of, if you look at it like it's part of being human, Being human is getting distracted and trying to bring yourself back to presence and awareness all the time. Well, so is meditation. It's just a set time during the day. I do mine in the morning, typically, and I (laughs) have woken up snoring before and then went, okay. (laughs) Because it just, you know, it's part of the thing. Sometimes you get so relaxed that you just fall asleep. A side note about that, I had a great professor who was teaching us about silence and solitude when I was in school. And one of the things that he said was, if you fall asleep, you know, maybe some people do it in the morning, some people do it in the evening, some people have time to do it in the middle of the day. If you fall asleep, maybe that's just what your body needs to do. Don't overthink it. Don't criticize yourself. Just if you fall asleep, it's okay. And then maybe next time you won't fall asleep. And I think that's a really good way to, one, go into meditation, but also, you know, go through life. Because 
none of us really learn well from a point of criticism and berating ourselves for making mistakes. We don't. We may think we do, but we don't. What Pema Chandran says is she's like, use that moment as a loving kindness connection to go, I'm going to be loving to myself right now and just bring it back into myself. Anyway, so that's that, you know, that's the main reason I love Sharon is she just uses her normal voice, makes it very accessible, and then reminds us at the end of the meditation to try and use this as something that builds presence for the rest of the day, like your encounter at the grocery store, driving your car, walking your dog, whatever, to just let it be something that you can pay attention to, to bring presence to. So one of the things that I said last week is I was going to be trying this at least for a month, every single day. I did miss one day, and it's because I thought I had overslept, and I kind of had overslept, and then I I just lost it. So I missed one day, which is which is fine. And um I I still have been practicing that um releasing my grip while I run or when I'm walking the dogs. It's sometime, usually it's better for me to do it when I'm moving. Something about with me and my body is if I'm moving, a lot of times that gives my brain freedom to kind of think about things, ruminate on things that are bothering me or I need to pay attention to because the rhythm sets the standards. And last but not least was the evening as I go to sleep mindfulness practice where I said I put my hand on my heart and one, one hand on my heart and one hand on my belly and just kind of focus my breathing, think about the day, kind of let things just settle down. I have not done that every single night, and I'm cool with that. I kind of also want it to be something that doesn't feel like I'm pressuring myself to do it, but that I can kind of be, when I feel it, I do it, which I think It can go either way. Like, I think sometimes we have to have a set time or it'll never happen. Like, if I don't have a set time to do this in the morning, once taught, my typical practice is we wake up, Todd goes out into the living room to start getting ready for work, and I take that 15 minutes alone doing my meditation. I do way better if I can do my meditation alone. Now, this morning... My alarm went off and I thought Todd was out of the room already and I started moving around and setting the, you know, the timer and everything for the meditation. Then I realized he was next to me and then I just went, hey, I'm going to do my meditation. And then I just got to my meditation and tried not to pay attention to what he was doing. It just helps me. So whatever helps you you know, be more successful, I'm doing air quotes, with meditation, the better. So I try to set myself up for the least amount of failure when doing new things as possible. 
I don't start off with an hour of something that I've never done, like meditation or mindfulness or exercise or, you know, learning Spanish, whatever it is. You know, I try not to set myself up for something that isn't sustainable. So, you know, when I first start started meditating, you know, I would choose like one to three minutes and then I would move you know, after a week or so, I would move to five minutes. And then, you know, maybe after a month of five minutes, I'd move to 10, and so on. So also, often, every day doesn't work for people when you're first starting out. So give yourself as many ways of success and achieving each milestone as you can. Don't don't set yourself up for unattainable objectives that you cannot reach. So that said, I did want to talk about the things that I've noticed because I have noticed something. And there's been a couple main things. I mentioned the last last week, the loosening grip, loosening my grip and actually physically opening my hands. One of the other things that I noticed is there is a place on my run specifically there's a walking bridge and there's somebody I don't know if it's the same person but there's been somebody living there as long as I can remember at this spot under the bridge it's actually a pretty good space if you have to live outside to live because it's sheltered and it's out of the wind and it's out of the rain and I've, you know, I've seen the person over the years, I've noticed, and the other day I was running home with the dogs, and I was coming down the pass, and all of a sudden, I remembered the Sharon Salzberg intention, which is, may you be safe, may you be happy, may you be healthy, and live at ease. And so I brought up this person in my mind. They weren't they weren't under there. Their house was there, but they weren't there. And I just started to just say that over and over again. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy and live with ease. And then I also thought how ludicrous those words were when I think about what it is to live outside. And... So I switched gears and I started to think about them, what it, what it is like to live outside in our society, what I'm imagining it's like. And I just started to say words, may you be free of shame, may you be free of indignities, may you have enough, may you be dry, may you be warm you know, may you live at ease. And I just kind of held that space for that person. And what I'm noticing in that, and the same can happen with prayer. It is a form of prayer, I guess. Is that that person and that person's situation makes them not a stranger to me. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to go down there and start to chit chat. Um, It just means that I am endeavoring to understand 
and hold space for what what that's like and to also acknowledge that there is injustice there and I'm not afraid to look at it and if need be respond. I hope that makes sense. It's 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 building a connection outside of myself. So that is another thing that I've noticed and I'm not just noticing it on runs, I'm noticing it with in the morning with people that are coming up in cuz cuz in the meditation she there's a time when she says, "Okay, now think of somebody that's close to you that you love and that makes you happy and think about somebody you know right now that is in pain. Think about maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's your dog, maybe it's somebody that you've seen passing the street and say those intentions for that person and then you take it out to somebody that brings you pain or makes you angry and if you can't do that for the, for somebody that has caused you pain or made you angry then say it for yourself because you are feeling pain and anger and you need that loving kindness as well and then you take it out into your neighborhood into the world and you know and so I'm noticing as I walk and engage in my community in whatever way that I'm doing it, I'm just, I don't really know how to explain it. It just feels like there's more of a fluidity to me. And and I'm not, and I try not to do this anyway, but I'm human, so it happens where I'm walking around kind of oblivious or with a shell around me or protection and I think awareness and protection are okay. What I'm saying by that is I don't have to walk around always with my guard on high, high alert, you know. I can kind of let that ebb and flow and be like half a block. I'm going to just try to open myself up to what's going around me. And then maybe that felt a little scary. And so that I can bring it back in and kind of have a half a block where I, you know, am not doing that. And then maybe I have a whole block where I'm opening myself up. And then I have a whole block where I'm kind of like being more careful or protected. So there is something new and exciting taking shape inside of me. If I wasn't paying attention to it, because I told y'all I would pay attention to it, I may not notice it. So I'm not trying to communicate to you that, oh, everything is amazing and my communication with my husband is just like, oh, it's the best and I'm not getting irritated with my children and I'm not ever getting mad at myself. That's not, one, that's not humanly possible. And then two, that's not what's happening. I just am, I'm kind of more present with myself and with others and possibly with my higher power and that, that is something that I'm noticing. So along with that, I, I'm not going to really get into it, but I wanted to talk a little bit about one thing I did notice connected to what I think 
the practice of loving kindness has done for me. And I have to start by telling a story. So I am going to Texas to do the archery workshops. It's the second time I've been there. It was super fun the first time and very exciting. And I'm, dare I say, even more excited this time because now more people know about me. I'll branch out into different communities and can engage with different people that I didn't get to meet last time and more exposure. So I'm excited. And so I posted something on Facebook and I got a strange response and I was like, and the response was, are there any men leading these workshops? So the person is a man that made this, that posed this question. I don't know this person very well, but in my experience with them, they're very progressive and not needing there to be a man. And so I kind of at first was like, I'm going to take, this is a joke. But I, but I answered because I thought anybody could see this. I probably should answer the question. And I was like, no, I'm the only one leading these workshops. And, you know, the only reason a workshop would be women only or private or men only would be because somebody has asked me to do one specifically for women or a private group or for men. That's the only reason. And I was like, you know, going on with my day, doing stuff. And all of a sudden my phone started to blow up and some really dear friends of mine were texting me going, hey, what the fuck is going on with this person on your Facebook? And I was like, what? You know, when sometimes you step away from something and then everything explodes and you're like, oh, okay, well, (laughs) not sure what happened. So I went back on that thread and he had then said, are you ordained? And I was like, what? What does ordination have to do with it? And then I'm pretty sure he's joking. But because one, I don't know him. And two, it's nebulous. You most of us have learned through text or through social media, you miss nuance. You can't, you know, people don't know if you're angry. They don't know if you're happy. They don't know if you're kidding. You can't, you can't do something that isn't like very clear. So I was like, hey, so-and-so, don't you remember me being at your house with so-and-so? We had a long conversation, and then I said, I am ordained, not that it matters for these workshops, and I am a certified spiritual director, and I have a master's in spiritual formation. So I want to say one thing about that. I come from... 16 years in a community with anarchists and my interaction with most anarchists and if you're an anarchist maybe you would disagree with this is people don't care about your title and I don't really care about people's titles 
if I'm paying you for something and I would like to know that you have the experience to back up what I'm paying for. But for the most part, you do not have an have to have a degree for me to pay you to do something. And so I have an aversion to, you know, what did I say? I think I said, you know, um, uh, credentialing up. Like, you know, here's my credentials in your face. It's not really something that I would want to do. Now, that said, because it's on a public post that I did, you know, I'm not going to leave that empty. But there was all this weird stuff going on in me. But at the same time, I mean, I was irritated. But I also had this radiant peace and radiant like radiant heat that kind of vibrates through your house I just I was irritated but at the same time I was like I didn't really care the the main thing I cared about was I didn't want people that are working through major church shit to see that and be triggered or also to think oh, she's a woman, she shouldn't be doing this. Because what that kind of interaction does, no matter how it's meant, funny or serious, it can affect people by going, oh yeah, a woman shouldn't do this, or oh yeah, what are her credentials, or oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. And so I don't want to say I was completely chill about it, but there was a huge part of me that was like, you know, whatever, I'm more worried about the people that are going to see this and formulate some kind of opinion. Um, And I did appreciate that my friends were mad for me. And then after I said that, this person responded with, oh, I was only joking. Ha ha ha, hashtag something, I don't know. Anyway, and I responded, Well, I'm really glad because I thought that maybe you had taken some steps over to the dark side. (laughs) And I, you know, so I was, again, sort of trying to make a joke out of it. Because that's not a format that I'm going to engage in heavy duty dialogue. You know, if somebody wants is if somebody is serious and then wants to talk to me seriously, I'm going to take it off that format and go private message or something. But what I wanted to say about this is something that I noticed this morning. I woke up. I had an archery workshop this morning, loaded up the car, got in and I was driving away and all of a sudden I was like, you made this. You made this. You made meditative archery. You created it. Nobody told me how to do it. Nobody said, oh, have you thought about meditation and archery? Nobody. I did archery the first time and felt such a profound release in my body. Somatic healing that I didn't even have words for. That I went... How can I create this for other people? So that sometimes small voice, and this is is kind of going back to 
a question that Kelly had asked me is, I don't know if this is how she said it, but basically feeling like a fraud. When, if I would normally have that kind of back and forth with somebody, whether they were joking or not, like this man, I would feel like I was a fraud. Like the education, the experience, the work that I've done over the last, you know, 10 years don't matter. As soon as somebody challenges it and thinks, well, you got to have a penis to do it or you got to have blah, blah, blah to do it. Even though I, I get that he was joking, I would still go there because there's something in me that whatever I have, whatever skills I have are not enough. And the only thing that I've changed is the loving kindness meditations that I've been doing. And I noticed this morning that I had some freedom in that area where I could go, I created that. What I'm doing, what I have the privilege of doing, you know, once a week, twice a week, getting to go to Texas, getting to go to Charlottesville, getting to go to Colorado, getting to go to San Diego, you know, getting to go to all these places, possibly England, and do archery is because I created it. I did. Nobody else. And and I'm going to stand up straight in my power and own, I am proud of myself for doing this. And I can sometimes do it. I can sometimes have that awareness that doesn't feel like a fraud or don't doesn't feel like I have to prove something to somebody, doesn't feel like I even have to prove something to myself. But there was some kind of small shift, and I want to acknowledge that shift. Maybe it has nothing to do with the loving-kindness meditation that I'm doing, but I am aware, and I've spent enough time meditating to, know, to be able to know when I feel little shifts. Like when I first started doing um, the silence and solitude. I had been doing it probably for three months and I likened it to what good, what good was it? Well, I felt a little more peaceful maybe every day, but I was like digging a well, digging a well, digging a well, you know, every day doing silence every day, a little bit more. And then I had a big crisis while I was pastoring the bridge really like I had to go to court and stand up against an abusive uh, partner and there was possible sexual abuse involved and I was very afraid and all of a sudden I realized that that well of digging in silence and solitude had given me a capacity that I had not had before to hold more. So I'm going to say that one more time. That well that I had been digging in silence and solitude, when the shit came down, hit that fan, normally I would have been maybe on the floor under the weight of terror and anxiety and panic because, because of that, because of what was going on. I still was scared. I still had panic. I still had some anxiety, but the capacity to hold that was so much greater than I had had before. And the only difference that I could point to 
had been three months of silence and solitude. So I've learned, I'm going to give credit where credit is due, or at least where I can point credit to. The only thing that I can see that is different in my everyday is this loving kindness meditation, creating space for myself, creating space for other people, creating space for other beings, my, my, my dogs, the trees, the flowers, the air. I think even this morning I was thinking about molecules and <laughs> all the sciencey stuff. I can't remember what it's called. Thinking about things inside myself and outside myself, creating a bigger space. So that is the thing that I can point to. What would have bothered me, I think, way more without the loving kindness was more a blip on the screen and also enabled me to have this openness to myself to be able to be proud of myself. I created something that nobody else has done. I created workshops out of nothing except somebody gave me the tool of archery, Abraham Burns, that I had always wanted to do, and somebody else gave me this beautiful journaling technique, Christine, and I created these two things that go together and then have built from there. And it's okay to be proud of yourself. And even if I hadn't gone to school, this is one of the things that was really beautiful that my friends Crystal and Molly said to me, even if I hadn't gone to school and gotten all the degrees, I only have one degree. (laughs) Anyway, even if I hadn't gone to school, even if I hadn't done all the hours for, you know, to become a certified spiritual director, I am still good at what I do. So put the degrees, the, you know, the certified hours, all those things aside, I am still good at what I, what I do. Yes, all of those things are great, but I would still be good at what I do. So if you can take yourself where you're at and think about who are you and what are you doing? I'm not saying don't go get degrees, don't go get certified, get training. I am, like I say on here all the time, I am constantly reading. I am constantly listening to things that make me better at the job that I do because I love my job. I love my craft and I want to be better at it. I want to always be better at holding space for people. So I do the work to be better at it. But I would be doing that work without the degree. So... What are you doing that you can hold that space for yourself to be proud of yourself? And if you're not at that place, what can you do? Sorry about the dogs. What can you do to build that muscle, to build that container, to dig that well that puts you in the space where maybe you can see yourself a little bit differently not through the eyes of a white male-dominated culture, but through the eyes of love for yourself, through the eyes of a loving partner who sees you as you are, through the eyes of your children if you have children, through the eyes of your pet who loves you unconditionally, through the eyes of maybe you have 
decent parents that love you unconditionally see and through your own eyes so if you can't do it for yourself like I see me I'm amazing I'm a good person I'm a loving person if you can't do that now that's okay try to see yourself through a loving person that somebody that's loved you and if you do not have a loving person if you have not experienced unconditional love and I I know unconditional love is tricky but for lack of another way to put it see yourself through the love of a pet you know my dogs they can be pain a pain in the ass but they love me unconditionally maybe you haven't had a pet that loves you unconditionally that's okay you have the sun warming your face You have a breeze, you know, cooling you off. Maybe you come out in the morning and like this morning, it has been rainy here. Like the ground is saturated. The river is super high. It has been raining nonstop. And I woke up this morning and I looked, you know, through the curtains and I was like, it looks like it's pink outside. And I opened the front door And there were these streaks of pink clouds across the sky and it was clear and it has not been clear. It was briefly clear on Sunday for a few hours, but other than that, it's been constant rain. Whatever you can, whatever you can hold on to, even if it's for a minute of, I am worth loving, I am worth knowing, I am worth being in this world. That can help you build that container of that self-love that can open you up to be able to go, no, I did this. I can own this. I can stand in this. I can take up my space and be okay with, you know, even if it's for a minute, being proud of it. I think that's important. I will be spending at least the next couple of weeks doing this loving kindness Meditation. I did get a little bored with it this morning, full disclosure, and so I had to change her words, and I just put, um, I think, I think I did, um, I am worth knowing, I am worth loving, I am worth being in this world for myself, for somebody I love, for somebody in pain, for my neighbor, through for somebody that pisses me off, and then for the world. And so, you know, if I get bored, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to find maybe another version of the same loving kindness meditation. Maybe somebody else or maybe Sharon Salzberg has a different one. You know, I'm not going to let myself get bored and stop. I'm going to let myself get bored and then switch it up. But that's what I have. And that's what I'm going to be doing for at least the next couple of weeks Remember, this is the last episode. I will be taking the month of February off and I will be coming back full throttle in March with lots of guests, with lots of interesting topics. I'm going to talk specifically um, about anger in women and just anger in general. I'm going to talk about being nice. I'm going to talk about healthy boundaries I'm going to talk about um, imposter syndrome, which I kind of talked about today. 
and we'll see where it goes from there. But I have had such a good time. It has been, I think I've accelerated in, you know, just whenever you take a risk, like when I took a risk to teach the first friend archery and to learn archery myself, I kind of accelerated inside of myself. And I feel like doing this podcast and learning something new has accelerated me in a different way. And I am so grateful for every person out there that has listened, that has given me a review, that is holding space with me, that has allowed me to interview you. It is meaningful to me, and I take it very seriously. So thank you. Take care of yourself in this month. Share the pod with other people. Remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. Have a great month. And I guess Valentine's Day if you celebrate it. Take care. Hello, everyone. I wanted to start by saying what I have coming up so that you can put it on your calendar and possibly join if you're in any of the areas that I'm going to be in. So the first thing I have is the Palomine which is P-A-L slash O slash M-I-N-E, Mindful Archery Workshop. That is February 12th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. That's for you and your pals. I also have Galentine's Day Mindful Archery. There are two choices, both happening on February 13th. One is from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. and the other is 2 to 4. That's for you and all your female identifying friends to get together in honor of Leslie Nope and female friendships. That's February 13th. Also February 14th and 15th, I have Valentine's Mindful Archery Workshops. And those are the 14th, 2 to 4, and the 15th from 12 to 2. If you want to join any of those, there's, those are all in the Portland area. And you can book those through my website at angiefatal.com. Also, I will be coming to Tumball, Texas again for my second annual meditative archery workshops where I will bring the mindful, the meditative, the teen, the family-friendly archery, and also the meditative labyrinth workshops. I also do corporate bachelor and bachelorette parties, anything you want. I've left room in that schedule, which is March 27th through the 31st. I will be in Texas. There's room in there for you to book a private workshop with me if you so desire. Also, I will be coming to Charlottesville, Virginia, April 30th to whatever that weekend is. Um, to do the same thing as I am doing in Tumball, Texas, but in Charlottesville, this will be my first time. So if you are interested, I would love for you to join one of those workshops. You can find um, the Facebook event on Angie Fatal Soul Care on Facebook. You can find everything on my Angie Fatal Soul Care Instagram, or you can go straight to my website at angiefatal.com and see what I have going on on my events. 
Also, without further ado, <laughs> nobody says that anymore. I want to give a, give a shout out to my friend Kelly. She is the only one that responded to my Instagram question. And my Instagram question was, what would you like to see or talk about her be? I can't even speak. What would you like me to talk about in this podcast? And she wrote, she wants to talk about fear of failure and she wants to talk about imposter syndrome and she is not alone. And I heard what she said. And so I'm responding right now that I will be covering those topics because she's not the only one that has shown interest in that. And I also am interested in talking about fear of failure and imposter syndrome because I think it is very common, especially for women. I do want to say that put in your calendars for the month of February, I will be ending, well, I will be ending season one of this podcast next week. I will be taking the month of February off to interview all of my exciting new guests um, and kind of seeing what I want to revamp and what I want to talk about, doing some interviews, getting all that stuff squared away. So for the month of February, please feel free to go back and listen to podcasts that you've missed, catch up, and then I will be back again in March full throttle. Thank you for listening.